Hey everybody, it's time for another episode of Ask a Friend. This is Tom Sweeney with Black Raz, and today I am extremely excited to have the amazing and talented and multi-instrumentalist, vocalist, uh, songwriter, extraordinaire, performer, international traveling uh, wonder, Mr. Jim Wooten of the band Led Zepp again. Uh, he also works with a lot of different projects, including one that I work with called Deja Vu, a, a tribute to Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. And then he also works with the long run uh, experience, the Eagles. And you guys actually heard Gary Grantham gig uh, talk about the long run. And so this is Jim Wooten, who as the bass player for years and years now with Led Zepp again, the premier Led Zeppelin tribute in the world. And I'll let you tell, I'll let him tell you guys more about that. So here we go with another episode of Ask a Friend. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, here's our musical interlude. Hey, Jim, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Tom. How are you doing? Fantastic. Hey, <laughs> thank you again for taking time today to be on my podcast. It's so cool. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. And so I already <laughs> kind of introduced you, but if you would please just take a minute uh, to share with everybody kind of um, who you are, where you came from, and, and what you're doing now. That'd be great. Okay, yeah. Uh, my name is Jim Wooten, and uh, <clears throat> I actually um, grew up in, in the San Gabriel Valley originally. I, I now reside in uh, Simi Valley, which is about 40 miles away from there. But I've, I've always uh, lived in Southern California. Um, I'm, I'm uh, a working musician, uh, mainly deriving my um, living from playing in tribute bands. Uh, I play in three of them at the moment, um, one being Led Zepp again, uh, which is a Led Zeppelin tribute. The other one is uh, The Long Run, which is a tribute to the Eagles. And uh, also Deja Vu, which is a tribute to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. You know, now, we already spoke with Gary, too. So Gig's been on the show, and the folks are already um, familiar with the long run. So that's cool. Uh, however, oh, yeah. you also have a famous uh, family, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Actually, uh, you know, everybody in my uh, extended family uh, is musical. <clears throat> they all play instruments. Uh, the, the most notable uh, would be uh, my aunt and uncle, who would be Les Paul and, and Mary Ford, who are both deceased, but uh, they were my aunt and uncle. And then uh, my dad actually was a professional bass player who played with uh, Frank Sinatra, <clears throat> toured with Woody Herman and Benny Goodman's bands. So, um, yes, I have a <laughs> pretty musical family. <laughs> To uh, say the least. Every, everybody, yes, absolutely. Everybody either sang or played something. So growing up in that environment, it was almost impossible not to be musical. <laughs> well, you didn't start really on bass, did you? Uh, yeah, I actually did start on, on bass. That was my first instrument. Uh, I started when I was 14 years old. Oh, okay. And um, what happened was um, I, I, I learned how to play the bass um, at that point and got into a group within the first year of learning how to play, which was a great thing because it, it, it caused me to have to get up to speed quickly. I, I remember just practicing three and four hours a day 
you know, uh, just to be up to the task to um, playing the material. So uh, bass was the first instrument. What, what happened was I, I played in a, an original band uh, first, and uh, that was a good thing because I didn't have to, I didn't have to learn anybody else's bass lines. I could play anything as simply as I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay in key, please. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And then, uh, and then shortly after that, I got into a, a classic rock cover band where we were playing a lot of, you know, Boston, Kansas, uh, Led Zeppelin, Journey. And, uh, an interesting thing happened when I was a senior in high school. At that point, I was 18. The group was uh, going pretty well. Well, the singer, who was just phenomenal, the guy could sing all of the different types of uh, bands, and um, he moved. So that kind of put us in a quandary. We, uh, we didn't have a singer, and so we had a four-piece band at that time, and and we, we looked at each other and said, okay, what are we going to do? We don't know anybody else who can sing this material. What should we do? Well, we all had a, a, a great love for the music of the Beatles. And we felt, hey, w we can play this stuff and we can sing it ourselves. We don't need to have an, uh, you know, a, somebody just dedicated to singing the entire time. So... That, that, was, uh, that was a big step, um, you know, uh, as far as what I'm doing now with uh, Led Zeppelin. Because when I started playing the Beatles, I realized, okay, well, I play the bass and I'm going to sing the parts of uh, Paul McCartney. But he also plays guitar and he also plays piano. Mm -hmm. So at, at the age of uh, 19... I started those instruments. I started playing the, both of those instruments because I had to play Yesterday and Blackbird on the guitar to accompany myself. And I also had to play uh, the piano on things like Lady Madonna and Long and Winding Road, Let It Be, and all of that. So that gave me the foundation that I have on both of those instruments, uh, which came in extremely handy years later when I was 39 years old, I mean, 20 years later, <laughs> when I was 39 years old, um, Swan Montgomery, who is the lead singer of uh, Led Zeppelin, approached me about uh, playing bass in the band. He was, he was leaving the, the three members that were in the current group that he was in, and he asked if I would be interested in doing John Paul Jones. So... Uh, I love Led Zeppelin, I always have, and so I jumped on the opportunity. And uh, the first show that we did, actually, we did as a five-piece. I played bass, we had a drummer, we had a guitar player, and we also had a guy that was playing keyboards, mandolin, and rhythm guitar. So oh, wow. We, yeah, uh, not many people uh, know that that's how it all started out. Well, uh, about a month after we did that show, I asked Swan, I said, would you like me to learn those keyboard parts and maybe pick up the mandolin and, and learn that as well? And he said, can you do that? And I said, <laughs> yeah. I, I said, I had, uh, you know, a little bit of keyboard experience back in, uh, you know, in the days that I was playing the Beatles. I said, I, I think I can do it. So I, I uh, took that on and 
bought a keyboard, uh, started learning the material. And had I not been doing the Beatles, you know, early on uh, in my life, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I just wouldn't have had the, the knowledge of the keyboard or the facility on the instrument to be able to play it. So I am so glad <laughs> that, that we played the Beatles music early on because that allowed me to make a living playing Led Zeppelin music now. And, and uh, you know, I'm just so grateful uh, for the fact that I was able to do that. Well, you know, it's so funny because I work with you with Deja Vu and you're constantly throwing at me, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? <laughs> now I know where it comes from. <laughs> I yeah. know you're the taskmaster. See, a lot of folks listening don't realize that Jim is also a perfectionist. He's the kindest, gentlest dictator you could ever ask for. <laughs> but he expects perfection. And thank goodness he does because when it works, man, it's a beautiful thing. It's all... Oh, it's a real honor to step on stage with you because I know it's always going to sound good. Uh, and, and, oh, and it's very you, inspiring to me, too, because like you, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. And so I'm always, you know, I'm always curious about other instruments and learning other things. And it is interesting yes. how that always comes in handy down the road, isn't it? Oh, man, it, it makes you such a valued, valuable commodity, <laughs> you know, uh, in, especially in tribute bands. I mean, if you can do multiple instruments, it, I, I mean, look, I mean, with the Neil Young role that you're playing, if you didn't play keyboards, we wouldn't be able to do what we yeah. do. You know, so when I asked you, hey, can you play keyboards and found out you you uh, had knowledge of it and you had played it before? I said, OK, this is great. Tom's going to be an excellent <laughs> fit for this role. You know, and you've done really well. I mean, uh, it's it's really ramped up the um, Deja Vu project to another level. Having you. Oh, well, thank it. you. Well, I'll send you that check later. OK, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put an extra zero on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, you know, a lot of folks don't realize if, you've, if they've never heard of Led Zeppelin, again, and I, I find that hard to believe that anybody has not heard of you guys, how um, <laughs> iconic you have actually become almost, com you know, comparing to the original. In fact, you guys are kind of friends with or acquainted with the original members, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. Um, what happened was I started uh, playing in the band in 2001. And um, the group kind of, uh, you know, we started off in a place called Paladino's. I'm sure you're aware of that venue. It's a small rock club in, in uh, Tarzana. Yep. We started off there and then just started graduating to places like, um, you know, the House of Blues, Coach House, uh, the Grove. And um, what happened was one night we had a huge break in that uh, Jimmy Page actually attended our show at the House of Blues um, in Hollywood. Uh, so when that happened, um, he, he came backstage after the show, was extremely complimentary and took pictures with the group. And uh, from that point on, the group's popularity just shot through the roof because all of a sudden we, be we became the band that Jimmy Page came to see and gave a stamp of approval to. Right. And um, that, that kind of reached another level in 2007 when Led Zeppelin uh, played their big reunion show at the O2 Arena in London. Uh, Jimmy Page's manager personally invited us <laughs> to attend that show. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> that was huge. You got, you, know, you got to put that in perspective. Weren't celebrities all in a lottery to see if they could even go, right? Oh, yeah. It, there were, the thing about it was for that particular concert, they had 20 million people enter a lottery to try to get a, a ticket in an 18,000-seat venue. <laughs> <laughs> 20 million, Tom. And so we knew, I mean, we entered the lottery uh, when, you know, when it, when it came up, but, but we knew we were, you know, our chances of getting tickets to that were slim and none and slim just left the building. You know what I mean? We just, we, we just knew it wasn't happening. And so when we were contacted by Jimmy Page's manager, we, we were just thrilled and, and, you know, we, we didn't expect much. We thought, okay, I don't know where these seats are going to be, but as long as they're in the building, we're yeah, good, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so we, 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 we go to the, um, we, we flew out to London. They said, in order to get your tickets for this, you need to go to this room in this hotel and uh, you go up to this floor. And so we did. We walk up, um, you know, to the uh, person who was giving out the credentials and she says, okay, here is your uh, ticket to the show. Mm -hmm. And here, here is your pass to the rehearsal slash sound check the day before. And here is your pass to the after show party. Oh, my God. Well, uh, so after I went and changed my shorts, <laughs> we... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it it was amazing tom i mean we so we go into the venue right and the guitar player and i are thinking oh man where, where are we going to be sitting well we kept handing our tickets to the attendants and they kept pointing down and we're like i can't believe this but we ended up in the 10th row oh my god at the O2 Arena, and this is the funny thing. We're all sitting there like kids in a candy store, you know. <laughs> and we look to our left, and in the aisle in front of us, Brian May comes walking up, shakes all of our hands, and sits down right in front of us. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> Brian May. <laughs> I even snapped a shot of the back of his head, and, and Brenda's like, why did you take a picture of the back of his head? I said, nobody would believe that he's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. We, we had met so many people, you know, uh, JY, you know, James Young from Styx, and Dave Grohl from uh, Foo Fighters. Uh, uh, Jeff Beck oh, wow. was there. It was, it was just a phenomenal experience. I mean, just a lifetime experience. And uh, yeah, that's where I got to meet and talk to John Paul Jones. It was, you know, uh, a dream come true for me. That so did day. he give you tips on playing some of those lines correctly? <laughs> no, he says, you're doing a great job. Just keep up the good work. No, I'm just <laughs> He didn't throw you to the floor and say, who do you no. think you are? Try to take my job? <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what's funny? Uh, just a short time after that, uh, Swan, who is also an a accomplished sound in engineer, actually was mixing a show for the Foo Fighters. And, and Dave Grohl comes back to the, to the console and he goes, I know who you are. And he's like, what? How do you know who I am? He goes, 
you're Swan. You're the singer from Led Zeppelin, right? And he says, yeah. Well, at that time, Dave Grohl was playing with John Paul Jones um, in, a, in another project that he had going on, The Crooked Vultures. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And so he says, hey, by the way, John Paul Jones loves you guys. Wow. <laughs> that awesome? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that, that was, a, you know, uh, just a huge time in the band's uh, existence. And from, from that time, I mean, from 2004, really, uh, we, we've been able to travel uh, all over the world. We've gone to Japan, Canada, South America, um, Alaska, um, let's say Mexico City, uh, Guam. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just been unbelievable. Ireland, we played it. Well, you were just in Russia, too, and, weren't you? That's right. Yeah, we just played in, in Russia three weeks ago. So it, it's been phenomenal how the band has just like shot through the roof uh, since 2004. And uh, it's, it's just been a dream come true for me because I, I had no idea that I would be doing this at, at 55 years old, you know? That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it's been, been an unbelievable time. We, we've just, uh, I, I mean, to give you an idea, I've been in the band for 17 years and it seems like seven months. Yeah. You know, you know when you enjoy what you're doing, the time goes by so quickly. Oh, you man. Know? And that's what, that's what it's been like with this band. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, because for as long as I've been playing with you, even with just the Deja Vu or the Neil Young stuff, it's been, it's been years now, and a couple different people have come and gone. Yeah. You know, we lost Bob a few years ago, and then it took a while to find Steve, but yet yeah. it just seems like yesterday, you know? <laughs> that's true, yeah. I mean... How long have I known you now, Tom? Uh, you, you came back into Southern California or actually moved into Southern California. How, how long I'm ago? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, it would have had to be like, what, what 2009, something like yeah, that? Yeah, maybe 10 or 11 or around there. I'm not sure. Probably, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. 2010 or 2011. I honestly am not sure now. Now yeah, I have to go find yeah. out. I have to ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, how... How have you liked doing the Neil Young? Oh, I love it. It's fun. You know, what's interesting <laughs> about him is everybody calls him simplistic or minimalistic. Mm -hmm. except, right. And it's always people who have never really played his stuff right. Right. You're right. Because if, exactly. if you get in there and you start trying to do exactly what he did, it's really hard. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. really hard. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> I know. And not only that, you have to have the vocal range. In order to hit all of those notes, people don't realize how high that guy sings. And, and he's a multi-instrumentalist, plus playing guitar and harmonica. Mm -hmm. and, and the stuff that he writes yeah. is just incredible. And if you put in perspective what was happening sonically in the music world, or on the radio even, compared to what he was putting out, even in his soloing mm -hmm. style, it, you could yes. tell that, okay, yes, this is how he thinks, but... It, it was he was trying to do something that no one had ever heard before and even to this day it's hard to replicate it yeah no no you're right you're right i mean trying to understand you know his playing style and and all of that and then you had to pick up the harmonica yeah. when you had never played it before that, so that was that was hard i still have a challenge with that and, and i practice too yeah <laughs> Not as often maybe as I should, but I do practice. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. I, I imagine it requires a lot of, of practice to try to get, you know, used to playing the guitar while you're playing the harmonica at the same well, time. Well, I mean, you know, because you play an instrument and sing, and so you, you train yourself to breathe out in controlled breaths, breathing out, breathing out, and quick in, right? And breathing out, breathing yes. out while playing another instrument and strumming. So there's that added right. stress, so you run out of oxygen faster and you need that breath quicker. But as soon yes. as you breathe in on a harmonica, it gives you a different note, which is very often wrong. <laughs> and so you're like starting to suffocate. <laughs> you start to see dots, you know, and little stars appear, birds, you start hallucinating, and you're trying to just finish the phrase before you pass out, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. I don't know how he does it. And he goes all day like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, I know. He's really, really good at that. He, you know, um, he, he's incorporated the harmonica into quite a few of his tunes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but it, yeah, I mean, playing, playing the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young stuff is just so fun for me. I mean, I, I, I probably enjoy that just as much as anything else I do, you know, maybe even more. It's, it's just so satisfying to play with great players and great singers and pull off all of those you know really intricate harmonies and you know uh, musical arrangements and they are very difficult especially compared to a lot of stuff out there it's it's really tricky uh stuff now we've yeah. we've talked about all the projects that you're in and stuff and actually this show is called ask a friend and i promise folks that i'm always going to ask you know what kind of music you grew up with and and obviously what you're listening to now and maybe what you'd like to hear more of and so I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I knew that you had a lot to share. And so it's okay because we're way over the 15-minute mark. Um, but mm, but mm -hmm. I do want to ask, you know, so obviously you grew up with uh, the, the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And uh, um, we talked about the Eagles before too. And now Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. What other yes. music would you say was a really strong influence for you that maybe a lot of people don't hear anymore? You know, because of... Um... Um, you know, my family being involved with it uh, was was jazz. I I I loved listening to jazz. Uh, you know, growing up, and and I you know probably would like to hear more of that now. Uh, but y you know how it is when you're in a, a tribute band or multiple tribute bands, uh, you end up listening to the stuff that you're <laughs> you're learning the majority of the time. Unfortunately, so I I don't get to hear a lot of, you know, uh, uh, current artists uh, that are out there. I'm not, not really aware of a lot of the really good ones that are out there, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, yeah, jazz is something that I, I really uh, enjoyed listening to back then and, and listening to it now. It's just such a, a foreign uh, form of music as far as being able to play it would be a completely different <laughs> You know, animal. Yeah. I don't, have you ever delved into that world? Uh, at all? A little bit, and I really—it's um, not where I shine. Let's just leave it at that. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me either. I wouldn't even know where to start, really. You know, unless I had a piece of sheet music in front of me, and I could kind of follow it that way. <laughs> so, so if there was one artist, one jazz artist that you would love uh, people to check out, who would it be? It can be anybody. Uh, well, the the band that I loved listening to 
uh, you know, when I was a teenager and, um, you know, early 20s was uh, a group called Return to Forever, if you're familiar with them. Okay. Uh, it, it was um, uh, Chick Corea on keyboards, Al Demiola on guitar, oh, my. Uh, Stanley Clark on bass, and uh, Lenny White on drums. Uh, there's a, one album in particular called uh, Romantic Warrior. That is just absolutely phenomenal. So I, I would I would definitely recommend that to everyone. So who was the drummer again? Because you cut out a little bit during that. Oh yeah, the drummer is Lenny White. Oh wow. Okay. So return for forever. We're gonna pick a song at the, after the interview from that. Hopefully, I can find Romantic Warrior too. I'm sure they've got it on Spotify. Uh, oh yes, the the song Romantic Warrior too. The title track is unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so now in terms of new artists on the radio of any style, so are there, is mm -hmm. there a one in particular that stands out to you that you really like listening to? Well, I've, I've heard the one um, group that really uh, sounded interesting to me uh, just, just recently here um, was a group called Muse. Are you familiar oh, with them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now those guys are really, really good from what I've heard. I, I, you know, I haven't heard as much of them as I would like, but what I have heard is really, really good. I, I'm not, I don't know any of the titles of their material, but I see them coming up on Access TV uh, from time to time, and, and I've, I've really been impressed with their uh, musicianship. Well, you know, I, I've actually been playing Muse material uh, on and off for a long time. I'm a huge fan of Muse, so you, that's a, a really, really great band. You know, they're, they're kind of like the new yeah. Queen now. Really? I mean, th that's what, uh, like, kind of the um, comparison has been to them? Well, no, I'm saying that. I don't know if anybody else would agree with that. But I'm saying they're, oh, they're, yeah. they are absolutely huge as far as uh, the music world is concerned. And the, yes. the way they combine styles, you know, of, mm -hmm. of just everything that you can think of is very reminiscent of what Queen used to do. See, people, oh, people wow. forget that, you know, Queen went through these different iterations, like, like from Bohemian Rhapsody, which was this huge epic arrangement that had so many different parts and different you know tempos and did this and went here it was like this roller coaster ride to yes. you know um i want it all and then to these really poppy tunes that a lot of folks didn't know <laughs> what to make of and then right, right back to the fat bottom girls back into the rock stuff and we will rock you I and mean, you could you mm -hmm. could almost hear the conversations that were happening between freddie and, and brian may you know that Okay, you've yes. got, you had your time with the pop stuff. It's time to rock again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So Muse does that. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me is that technically they're a three-piece. You know, there's really only three, yeah, that's three right. main members. Now, they have a guy who travels the fourth who does some other stuff too, keyboards, and I don't know if he does vocals. But I know he helps control the vocoder yes. and maybe even some guitar. But he's always kind of hidden in the back, Right. I and see. It's I just see. reminiscent yes. of the police as a three piece doing such a huge oh, yeah. sound, this big, huge oh, amphitheater, amphitheater yeah. sound, you know, stadium. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, that's a really good example. And so it reminds me of the queen approach to music while just three guys doing it like the police did, which is so cool. <clears throat> right. Right. Well, also there's, there's another couple of bands, uh, that I, I don't know, you're probably aware of as well, but, but there's a group called Rival Sons. Have you heard of these no, guys? Uh -uh. 
Rival Sons uh, have a very Zeppelin vibe about the, the, um, the music end of it. But the singer, man, the singer sounds uh, quite a bit like Paul Rogers from Bad Company. And, and it's a really great band. If you ever get a chance, you know, uh, listen to some of their stuff. Um, there's another new group called Greta Van Fleet. Have you heard of yeah. these guys? Yeah, oh yeah. In fact, that? was it <laughs> Gary that was talking about them? Or somebody else was talking about them, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, now they have a singer. When Robert Plant listens to them, he says, that guy's copying me. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's what he said. Is that what he really said? <laughs> no, the sing- he did say that. He said, that guy, is, that guy sounds exactly like me on Led Zeppelin 1. He said, and, he, you know, it's funny because the, the singer from Greta Van Fleet denies it. He says his main influence is Steve Tyler from Aerosmith. It's like, dude, come on. You're kidding me. <laughs> we all know you're lying yeah. here. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Robert, uh, Robert Plant just said, oh, no. Yeah, that's you know his. I, I can tell you, he says my singing on the first album is what is this guy's biggest influence. In fact, he said that that singer, if if the remaining members of Led Zeppelin took him on, he could replace him. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, they're kind of gaining traction fast. Uh, you know, people are becoming aware of them and kind of labeling them the new Led Zeppelin type thing. You know, you know? I. I think that's wonderful for them. I'm sure they're going to find a lot of success, but would you really want that? Yeah. As a, I mean, as an original artist, right? You're trying to, uh, sure. you're trying to blaze a yeah. new trail and, and move music forward. And I've heard them and they sound amazing, except that it sounds like Led Zeppelin. Right. So I, right. I, yeah. Hats off to them. They're doing great. And I wish them the best. I'm sure they're going to find, and maybe it'll even drive more fans back to Led Zeppelin again, you know? Mm-hmm. It could. Yeah, very well could. I can't imagine that there's anybody uh, you know, in the world that isn't a fan of Led Zeppelin yet. <laughs> well, I, you know what's funny, uh, Tom? This is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of uh, social media, you know, for Led Zeppelin again. And um, right now, I think the, the page, our page has about like 443,000 likes on it. So I'm always keeping up on the analytics of that. I, I want to know, okay, who, what is our biggest audience? Uh, the biggest audience is actually um, uh, men uh, between the ages of 45 and 55. That, that audience, that's 17%. But this is the mind blower. The next biggest audience are boys between 17 and 24. That's 13% of our audience. Really? Yes. It's, it's really a mind blower. Now, uh, between men and women, uh, the, our audience is 70% men, 30% women. Uh, but you contrast that with the long run, which is the tribute to the Eagles. It's uh, 60% women, 40% men. Ah. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. But this is, the funny thing is, though, long run... The ages between 17 and 24, men or women, is like 1%. Wow. That's wild. Isn't that interesting? So, so Led Zeppelin has, you know, a huge teen, uh, you know, fan base even today. That's incredible. 
Yeah, it really is when you when you think. You know, about I'm it. absolutely certain they sold their souls to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, that's the only way that's physically possible in the world at all. You have to just do the Robert Johnson thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we are yeah. way over on the time, and I don't want to take up uh, your whole day, but thank you so much for taking time out to, to be on this podcast. I really appreciate it, Jim. And just to forewarn you, oh, yeah. now that you have the app and you've done this once, I will be calling you again. Oh, man. Yeah, my pleasure, uh, Tom. Anytime you want to talk, it'll be fine. Cool, cool. And if you ever uh, just want to come on and promote what you guys are doing, just let me know, and I'm happy to help. Okay, that'd be great, man. We really appreciate it. All right, that. well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, that was Jim Wooten with Led Zepp again and so many other amazing projects. Make sure you check them out. Jim, where will they find you? Uh, they'll find us at www.zepagain.com. And can you pl please spell Zepp again? Yes, it's Z-E-P-A-G-A-I-N.com, right? Yes, you know, that's I can't right. tell you how many times I put two P's. <laughs> now you've just confirmed it's actually just one. So now I'm good. That's right. <laughs> okay. And they can, they can message you guys that's through great. there and through Facebook too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If they want to uh, follow us on Facebook, we can you know, uh, keep them abreast of where we're going to be playing and when we're going to be playing in their area. All as right, well. very cool. Well, Jim, thanks again. I'm sure I'm going to be seeing you very soon. Uh, and if you're not doing anything tomorrow night, I'm going to be out at Rockham's again with Fool's Logic. So come on out. Oh, great. Great, great. I'd, I'd love to do that. I'll check with uh, the wife and we'll see if we can make that. Right on, brother. All right. Have a great day. All right, bro. All right. Take it easy, Tom. Loosen your load. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> <Bye -bye. laughs> Hey, everybody, that was Jim Wooten of Led Zepp again and so many other amazing things. Uh, I knew that he has had famous family members. I didn't realize it was that famous and so many. So uh, that was kind of cool to learn. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Ask a Friend with Tom Sweeney from Black Raz. I am very excited to uh, be doing this podcast and sharing it with everybody. So please do me a favor. Send me a voice message through Anchor. And if it's uh, nice or family friendly, I will share it on the show. But even better, if you send me a song request and I can find it on Spotify, I'll use it as the interlude music and give you credit. All right, you guys, until next time, this is Tom Sweeney from Black Grass saying thanks again. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you guys have to uh, say and what you think about the show. Rock on. <laughs>